This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the west side of Oahu. Let me ask you a question. Is America careening towards a civil war? Has a civil war already begun? Or is this overblown hyperbole, just extremist rhetoric? Well, to help us answer this question is John Smirak, senior editor at The Stream, stream stream.org. It should be the first place you go every morning. It is the first place I go. The best writers in the world, including John Smirak and me, Jason Jones. John's article is, short of another great awakening, America may split up or worse. So buckle up. You're about to, you are on a wild ride. We all are on a wild ride together. You just might have your eyes closed. So prepare to open your eyes and look out the window and see the kind of ride you're on. And this episode is being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. Go to thegreatcampaign.org today and join the great campaign to leave your posterity a culture of life and a civilization of love. Here we go. The one, the only, in my opinion, the best writer in the world today, John Zmarak. Aloha, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be on, Jay. So the title of your new article, Short of Another Great Awakening, America Will Split Up or Worse. Yeah, you may know, split up or worse. May split up or worse. When I, when, when I read that, I thought of our book. When we wrote The Race to Save Our Century, yeah. we were, people thought that our, the title of our book was hyperbole. And you and I believed yeah. that we were careening towards a century of genocide, democide, total war, civil war, famine, plagues. And now here is this article of yours at the stream. It kind of should seem obvious to everyone, right? I mean, I, we may, that may be true. Well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, there's a, a political scientist, a conservative, F.H. Buckley, just published a book, American Secession. S-E-C-E-S-S-I-O-N. And he's looking back at the, the buildup to the American Civil War and looking at what parallels there are today. Um, and I was intrigued by what, by what he wrote, and um, I decided to take, take a look at it. What, what, what tipped the dominoes in my head was the announcement that, you know, everybody's having to home, suddenly be homeschoolers uh, because of this crazy lockdown. Well, Harvard is responding to this by holding a conference of anti-homeschooling activists. It published an article in Harvard Magazine quoting one of these people saying that homeschooling is dangerous because it allows parents to shelter their kids from progressive and inclusive ideas, by which they mean the sexual revolution. They mean transgenderism. They mean abortion. They mean 
sadomasochism taught in high school, which is what happens in public schools via Planned Parenthood. Um, they mean the cultural revolution. How dare Americans raise their kids according to their own religious and moral beliefs? This cannot be permitted to happen. Now, there's precedent for this. In the 19th century, the, uh, the public school system itself was created when social gospel progressive liberal Christians, like what we think of now as mainline post-Protestants, people like Horace Mann were, th did, were threatened by the, uh, by the fact that there were so many conservative Christians, parents in America, and Catholic immigrants in America raising their kids according to the old American values, which are based in natural law as expressed in, in, the, in the Bible, in the common law, and in Amer Anglo-American tradition. These progressives wanted to eliminate that. They wanted to get rid of this old reactionary, archaic morality based on the existence of God and the fact that we can see purposefulness in nature. We can see design in nature. We can see men are meant to be with women and women are meant to be with men. They're not meant to be with members of the same sex. We can see that sex fundamentally is for reproduction, not for just hedonistic fun. We, we can see, you know, the there's order in creation itself. Well, these people were influenced by Darwin. They cast away the morality and the metaphysics of the New Testament and the Old Testament. And what they did was they created the social gospel, which basically says you don't have to worry if Jesus was God or rose from the dead. Maybe none of that's true. But we like the, what we, the way we interpret Christian social ethics, progressive social ethics. So we're going to make the state replace the church. We're going to create the kingdom of heaven on earth using the state. And we can't let old-fashioned, bigoted Catholics and fundamentalists and Methodists get in the way. So what we have to do, since they have more kids than we do, which was true even then, we have to take their kids and turn them into us. So basically, the, the left-wing secular culture we have today is the heir of the old liberal Protestants in the 19th century. Now, of course, there are tons of liberal Catholics in on it. Plenty of our bishops, the Jesuits, they're all on the left. They're all part of that liquidate the residues of the gospel, liquidate the, liquidate the residues of the church, even of the Old Testament of the Ten Commandments, and replace them with our modern ideology that comes out of Darwinism, that boils down to utilitarian hedonism. That is, we don't know what purpose life has. Certainly suffering has no purpose. So the goal of society is to let everybody have as many happy moments as possible before they keel over and die. Utilitarian hedonism, that is the lowest common denominator that our, our government currently takes as, as its moral creed. Since, remember Anthony Kennedy in, in that infamous decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, he said the essence of liberty is to let people invent their own moral code and live according to it. So long That's as their moral the code is, is watching Netflix and chill. You know, what's so, right, right. What's so frustrating is that you – you called the, the liberals of the 19th century, which were actually, they were illiberal, and the seeds of totalitarianism, were, yeah, was, was, was the progressives in the 19th century. The seeds of progressivism were there. In fact, many of the horrors that we saw in the 20th century was from this rejection of natural law, that they were so horrified that these Catholic immigrants and conservative Protestants would still have an appeal to something above their will. How dare you claim 
to have an authority above our will. And it was in the Renaissance, the natural law Renaissance, following World War II, where we saw in three years in English, the natural law published by Roman. Then the, the, the next year, we I think we saw Natural Right and History by Leo Strauss, um, Simon's Philosophy and Dem- Democratic Government, Maritain's Man in the State, Vogelin in 52 published um, The New Science of Politics. It's, it's, it's really kind of sorrowful that we are allowed, that there are these, this natural law renaissance flourishes briefly after it, the horror of it being rejected bears Let's its fruit. Let's talk about what natural law is. Okay. Okay, because okay. probably a lot of your listeners haven't read all these books. Natural law is what we can know about right and wrong and the purpose of life and how we're supposed to interact with each other. What we can know based on reason in the light of the existence of, of God. And the, uh, that's all. So you don't have to get into the specifics of the Trinity. You don't have to get into the specifics of the Pope and the Bible. It is the sort of the lowest common denominator of Christians and Jews. What we can agree on based on looking at man as God's creature, how should he live with his fellow men? So it is the it is the only anchor for a tolerant, decent society. And that renaissance you were talking about happened after World War II, after the Holocaust was revealed. People saw, oh my God, when we get rid of a belief in God and a belief in the basic ethics of the New and Old Testament, which can be defended by reason, uh, when we throw all that out, we start experimenting on handicapped children. We start liquidating racial groups that we have decided arbitrarily are not ideal. We start sterilizing thousands of people, as we did in America, under the influence of Planned Parenthood, we start sterilizing thousands of people because they failed culturally biased IQ tests. We need to control ourselves according to some higher code than what do we think is going to make people have more happy moments. Um, that's why right after World War II, Germany wrote this protection of unborn life and the handicapped into its constitution, and those things have just been thrown out. Germany now has euthanasia. Germany has abortion. The Netherlands has euthanasia for people with Alzheimer's. Europe is reverting to the paganism that the Nazis imposed on the whole continent. Uh, I, I would love to see a man in the high castle style alternative history in which the Nazis really lost – and their oh, ethics geez. really vanished instead yeah. of just going underground. That would be a fun Netflix series. What if the Nazis had really lost? Actually, Jason, that's a ty- book title for us. We well, you know, the professors that. that educated us were either like they were drunk off Heidegger or, 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 or Sartre. It's really unimaginable. But we don't have to look to Europe. We, we had uh, Northam say on a radio show with no shame – that, oh, no, we've, I've had to do this before uh, a child survive an abortion. We just keep it comfortable while the parents make the decision. And then, you know, then we, we, we kill the baby if they want. or we Right, right. And we had Cuomo, Light uh, Freedom Tower, up pink to celebrate. Oh, listen, Cuomo, now, right now, Andrew Cuomo, while he locks down the state and, for, you know, forbids all sorts of activity like going to church, um, he is bringing patients with COVID-19 back into nursing homes. And they've had thousands of, of elderly people and vulnerable people in nursing homes dying of this disease. The one group we're supposed to be protecting, he is infecting them on purpose. 
It is euthanasia. The state of New York is practicing euthanasia via the COVID virus. Okay, let me get back okay. to my article. This, this conference at, at Harvard is saying that we need to ban homeschooling. We need to be a presumptive ban that the only way you can homeschool, it should be like opting out of vaccines. You have to jump through tons of hoops and prove you have a really good reason. And by the way, your religion is not a good reason. This is what Harvard is pushing. That means in five years or two years, blue state legislatures are going to be passing it. You're going to have the teachers union behind it. Of course, they don't want the competition. I remember when the post office was trying to keep FedEx illegal. The teachers unions will be pushing this. And so in every Democratic run state, you're going to see homeschooling bans imposed. And, and once that – if that succeeds, if they get away with that, then – there's no escape valve, then they'll really crack down on the religious schools and say, okay, guess what? You have to teach affirmation of LGBT and you have to have transgender bathrooms or we're going to close you and you have no alternative but the public school. This is tyranny in its purest textbook form. Well, John, this in my home state of Hawaii, John, John, I'm going to agree and disagree with your thesis at the same time here in a second, but just evidence to your point in the state of Hawaii two years ago, a bill was written and introduced that said all homes of homeschool families would be open to inspection 24 hours, night or day, from the superintendent of schools because you would be a school. A day, they can barge into your house. That, yeah, you would need an, an apparatus like that would make the KGB blush. Uh, for, they actually went to committee. Something mysterious happened before the committee hearing. They said, we're going to pass this. This is just a formality. Then in the middle of the hearing... I don't know what happened. They got a message. Maybe somebody mentioned the Constitution and the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, I wish that were it, but I think I, I have a hunch it was something a little more uh, salacious. But the bill was withdrawn. Okay, good. The bill, whatever it takes. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes. It takes. And uh, I might know a lot about that, but I'm not going to talk about it on the show. But all right. So my wife the, said, uh, "Yeah, my wife was ready to move. Wait. We had to. We would have had to flee, yeah. like we were about to be shuttered behind the Iron Curtain." In a state yeah. in the United well, States of America. This is what they want. This is what the left wants. So up for the last 30 or 40 years, people like that who want to encourage transgenderism among children, who want to bring their kids to drag queen story hours so they can become curious about whether they really are a boy or a girl, or maybe they need to change. And, oh, we gotta go. we're going to start giving these kids hormones. We're going to cut off their, their testicles. We're going to cut off their breasts because, be, to, to feed into the mental illness of transgenderism, of gender dysphoria, which we're going to in, inseminate into kids. We're going to encourage kids to wonder if they need to be castrated and physically cut up and dosed with dangerous hormones. This is what the left wants to be presented to children, and they want to make it illegal to present Christianity. How, we have lived in a kind of uneasy truce with these people for the last 30 or 40 years, but they're making it clear they're breaking the truce. They're gonna, they, they believe that conservative Christians and Jews are unfit parents to their own children. They would make homeschooling a legally a form of child abuse. And now, you, think, you think that sounds crazy. That is the law in Germany, in Sweden, in large parts of what we think of as free countries. Homeschooling is considered a form of child abuse, and you will lose custody of your kids. All right, let's turn it around. 
what do we think drag queen story hour is? When you bring little five and six-year-olds to have someone from the sex industry who, who dances around scantily clad getting tips shoved into their clothes. When, so, when we bring little kids to be exposed to the sex industry, imagine what would we think if ordinary parents brought their kids to see strippers who were the, you know, by their own biological sex. Are we going to, I don't, I don't think you would let parents keep their kids if they were bringing their kids to strip joints. Well, that is what a drag queen story hour is, except it's even more perverse and demonic. So guess what? The left are unfit parents. If they bring their kids to drag queen story hour, if they subject them to explicit sex education of the kind that is presented in many, many public schools, they are unfit parents. The truce is over. We need to start challenging their parental rights. We need to make it clear. You think we're abusing our kids? We know that you are abusing your kids. We need to push back that hard. But when you start pushing back, how do you stay in the same country with people who you think should not even be trusted to raise their own children because they are that morally depraved, that deranged? How do you keep a country together? I don't think a country can survive half slave and half free. They are enslaved to this demonic ideology. They think we are enslaved to a retrograde bib biblical superstition. There is no common ground at this point. We look at them taking their kids to school and we think, yeah, social services should really take those kids away. And they think the same of us. You can't have a country in the long run where people think that the other part, half the other half of the country are unfit parents. What do you do? In the article I published at stream.org, I said there are three possible outcomes. One, the country splits up in a bloody, ugly way. Two, they convert us. They manage to get, get they win this next election. They use their massive power in the elites at Harvard, with Google, with Facebook, with all the major networks except sometimes Fox on their side, all the teachers' unions, all the public schools. They use their power and they grind us down so that we can't practice our beliefs anymore. This has happened before. This is how the Muslims w eventually converted North Africa. They were a small elite. A bunch of Arabs conquered all these North African countries. They did not force people to convert at the point of the sword. They simply put Christians under much heavier taxes and a kind of a Jim Crow segregation policy. But they let them practice their religion, but they made it uncomfortable and painful in the long run. And in the long run, over the course of five or 600 years, North Africa converted from Christianity to Islam. These people in America, the left, are going to work a lot faster. They're, they're impatient. They're not believers in God. They, 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 they're thinking in terms of this world and this life. They're 70 years and that's it. So they're not going to be as patient. They're going to do their best to grind down and destroy every Orthodox Christian church in the country and Orthodox Jewish. I think in theory they should go after the Muslims, but that's part of their political coalition. So I think the Muslims are going to pass for a while, they're, but they're on the list. They're, they're, they're going to get hit. But oh, they've been the same people the have been busy uh, shattering their countries abroad. And, That's right. and John, I would just they're like to say, we don't country. have to, we, don't, we, we can look to Weimar. And, I, you know, I've been reading Romans and Vogelin and Hannah Arendt's writings from that time period in the 20s and 30s, especially Vogelin. And the confusion, the bewilderment, how exasperated they were. 
at what was happening in their countries. It, it, it's I can it's reading that it, it's it's how I feel today. It's it's yeah, how I feel absolutely. today. So okay, the the other outcome. So there's civil war, or they successfully, you know, re- reduce us to second class, third class citizens, dimmies, conquered, subjugated, hated minorities, Orthodox Christians are are the moral and legal equivalent of white supremacists. Uh, the third option, and the only one that offers much hope, is another great awakening of the kind that happened in America in the 1760s, the kind George Whitfield and other Methodist preachers traveling the country actually won millions of souls to a fervent love of Jesus Christ. And it was that great awakening that actually created the sense of unity among Americans from Virginia to Massachusetts that made possible the, the patriot movement and the formation of the United States of America. My good friend Eric Metaxas has a brilliant new, new book called Seven More Men. And in the chapter on George Whitfield, he shows directly how it was the churches that made America's creation and formation as a nation possible. And it was the great awakening that made those churches strong and convincing. So what we have to work for, Catholic Protestant, we have to work for a great awakening of faith in America. We need to read the Bible. We need to read church history. We need to counter the propaganda of the left, and that includes Dar- Darwinian propaganda. Um, one of my articles this upcoming week, I'm going to call it Darwinian Sharia, because what we have in America with our elites is they want to force us to believe and to teach our children that life came about by accident, that it has no meaning, the universe has no order, we are all just the byproducts of, of cosmic static, cosmic noise, and the only purpose in life is to feel good as much of the time as possible. And that includes feeling good about yourself and feeling like you're a good person. So that's why you should be a social justice warrior, because being anti-racist and, and, and accepting and welcoming makes you feel better in the long run. So, you know, it's all, it all comes out of the search for piling up the most happy moments before you die. Well, John, I would say the Civil War has already started. They're trying to convert us. We have our Darwinian burqa already, which is the cotton cloth you're supposed to wrap around your face. Uh, even men yeah, can, that's a good point. Even men can't escape wearing the Darwinian burqa. We all have to wear the burqa, so at least it's, it's equal <laughs> in that way. I guess if you have asthma or emphysema, you, you get a pass, um, although you will still be shamed and, and, and ridiculed until you explain to people you have some sort of disability. I am hopeful for one reason. And I believe that we will see a great awakening, if not to the Christian faith, to the, to the natural law and to the Anglo-American idea for liberty. I'm hopeful because of what I see in Generation Z. Uh, but I, I think there are only two options, which are civil war, and the civil war has started, and it will rapidly progress and become violent as quickly as this came upon us we're going to ask, where did the violence come from? So, so massive and so fast. And oh, uh, I hope not. I hope, I, not, I hope but, not too. Uh, I hope not too. Governors like, looking at governors like Northam in Virginia and Cuomo in New York and Whitmer in Michigan, I don't have a lot of confidence that the left will be able to restrain itself when, when 
I mean, they treated this this virus like a Reichstag fire, and and they think every act after that has to be the, the enabling act, which suspends the Constitution. I mean, the Constitution has been suspended in America. Let's just admit it. Yes. The Constitution has been suspended. Get used to that fact and deal with it and act accordingly. And there are Please conservative leaders who are dream.org. and there are conservative leaders who are not blinking. You have the press in Hawaii. Our mayor. A very soft-spoken, weak, pathetic excuse for a human being called for mob justice for people who didn't wear masks. Wow. Said it without flinching, casually. He asked how we would enforce his order that you had to wear masks. And he said, well, I would hope there'd be, you know, mob justice. He said it just like that. Well, these people are making a big mistake because still at the moment, the vast majority of private firearms in this country are in the hands of conservative Christians. Um, they, they, they are, the one thing the Nazis had in their favor is that the Weimar Republic had already taken everybody's guns away. So the only people who had guns were the communist mobs and the brown shirt Nazis. The ordinary citizens had dutifully and obediently complied with the gun laws and turned their guns in. There's a fantastic book by Stephen Halbrook, Gun Control in the Third Reich, where he shows that the well-meaning, naive gun control policies of the liberal Weimar Republic are what made the rise of the Nazis possible. Because every Jew, every socialist, every Catholic in the country who had a gun was on a list, on a registry. And the moment the Nazis took over, all they did was go around and collect all the guns. And then there was nothing to stop them from putting their political opponents in concentration camps. Well, I think the only... Jason... Yeah, John, John, I think the only way we escape this without violence is for conservatives and liberals on the left, people who believe in freedom, pluralism, uh, the truth. You know, we are in, in Hawaii, the media has not once mentioned we're approaching 50% unemployment. The questions are never asked at the press conference. Not one question has been asked yet on the unemployment rates. Wow. We have counties that have zero, zero deaths, zero hospitalizations, and zero people in the hospital right now because of COVID. They've extended the lockdown 30 days. Unemployment is approaching 50%. Not a single question on unemployment. The press isn't doing its job. The churches do need to do its job. They need to find their nerve. Our bishops need to find their nerve. Our entrepreneurs need to find their nerve. We all need to find our nerve and open our country up. John, you and I wrote about this before anyone else in the world, that this lockdown will cause famine. Now the New York Times, famine of biblical proportions because of the global lockdown. Duh. And um, they, they can feel good about themselves because they, they, they blather around about racism. Meanwhile... The policies they advocate will starve people in the Horn of Africa, in India, in the slums of Brazil. And uh, the only way, not only at home, but abroad, we can escape civil disorder, violence, and hunger is if we just stand up, appeal to the natural law, appeal, appeal to our constitution and our political traditions, and push back this war that is being waged on the American Republic and the American people by its governors. Absolutely. I mean, I think what Trump should do is support the red states that want to reopen and let the blue states destroy their economies and see if the voters wake up by November and kick worthless governors like Cuomo out of office. John, in my family, we're having this conversation all day, every day. Do my wife and children are like, let's leave Hawaii and move to Georgia or Texas. This is going to get Texas. bad. That would be great. Let's get out of here. Please. 
And I feel like the stories I read from the Jews that fled Germany, that the fathers who had such a heart for Germany, they were German Jews who felt German, they couldn't leave, they couldn't bring themselves to leave, and it was catastrophic for their families. And I sit here and weigh. I live on a, in an island state that is dependent on ships coming in every day, and in two weeks we will starve to death. If there's a global yeah. shutdown and collapse and tyranny, what's going to happen to the state? I, I, and I would never have imagined. I actually imagined it, but like a bad thought that I would have. You know, this is a, that's when we were writing our book, we talked about this, that we feared this would come. I feared this coming to Hawaii, but you kind of hoped you were a little extreme. I was a little extreme and nuts in my head. This would never happen. Here it is. And I have to weigh. Uh, I, we, we are living in a bad apocalyptic novel that somebody wrote single space on an electric typewriter in 1993 and then self-published and sold exclusively at gun shows. <laughs> We're living in, in a book, a novel as bad as Left Behind or Atlas Shrugged. And uh, I hope people are praying. I hope they're out at the, at the practice range. I hope they're exercising their First and their Second Amendment rights. Those two go together. Without a Second Amendment, there is no First Amendment. And I encourage people who want to read my commentary to go to stream.org. John, thank you for coming on the show. Guys, today, thank you. Uh, anyone who makes a donation to uh, our sponsor and our organization, uh, the Vulnerable People Project, you get a free copy of our book that John and I wrote together, The Race to Save Our Century. And if you go to thegreatcampaign.org, you can donate there. And we've been selling a lot of books lately for obvious reasons. We just got replenished. And so we'll get those books right right out to you. John, thank you for exercising your First Amendment uh, relentlessly. Thank you. God God bless. All right. All right, everybody. That is the reality. All right. right, Thanks, John. You can drop off. Thanks for being on the show, bro. Thank you. Guys, that is the reality. The reality is. It is not hyperbole. Our Constitution has been suspended. Your civil liberties are being trampled on. The human rights of your children and your families are being trampled on, on your neighbors. There is a war on us, perpetrated by our governors. The media has taken a knee. In your states, do they ask about unemployment? Do they talk about the epidemic of suicide? Because of my show and my appearances on media all over the world lately, I'm getting all these tips unsolicited coming to me from doctors in hospitals in New York, in Boston, across California, Arizona, and Hawaii about the epic number of suicides. Just yesterday in Hawaii, a doctor, I didn't even know, messaged me that here in Hawaii, the homeless are, uh, there is a surge in suicides and homeless being uh, uh, hospitalized for suicide attempts in the state of Hawaii, but the media is not covering that. They're not, they're not covering the uh, approaching 50% unemployment. They're not asking these questions. They're keeping the public in the dark at the consequences of the lockdown while they're exaggerating and misrepresenting uh, the reality of COVID. They're not telling us that 99% of these people have comorbidities. I just saw a press conference from the CDC the other day that they count people who were given two weeks to die, were asymptomatic, but tested for COVID as COVID deaths. Why are you testing people who are dying already when there is, quote unquote, a testing shortage unless to inflate your numbers to scary people to take away their civil liberties? If we want to maintain peace and order, we must win. 
That is the only way out of this peacefully. Because we will not surrender our civil liberties. We will not surrender our rights. Period. So let's win. Let's show a massive sign of force to open up our states. Open up our economy. Let's get the engine moving so we can avert famine abroad and civil war at home. The civil war was started against the American people by our governors, by our mayors, by these petty little tyrants, these foolish, honestly near illiterate. In Vogelin's writings, he talked about the politicians and the bureaucrats and even the intellectuals in Germany that sympathize with the totalitarians is functional illiterates. And I can promise you there is a mayor in, in Hawaii who is practically a functional illiterate. These are the types of people that are issuing tyrannical orders, um, not just in my home state, but around the country and around the world. So let's just rise up and do the simple thing of exercising our rights. Today, I'll be going to uh, a reopen Hawaii event. We have a big reopen Hawaii event on May 1st. I ask everyone to, to join in those reopen events. Also, corruption is another good way to escape tyranny. I have been calling restaurateurs and saying how much to throw a dinner party at your restaurant for my family and friends um, and other activities that I do. I've been, I've been opening up the state, at least for my family and my friends, uh, through corruption. Corruption is a great way to push back on tyranny. And when people get a little taste of kicking back, they like it. So let's kick back. Let's fight this tyranny. Let's reopen America. Let's reopen the world. Let's protect our elderly and our sick and our immunocompromised always. Bubble wrap them. Bubble wrap yourself if that's you. And if you have OCD, bubble wrap yourself. Don't bubble wrap the world. This has been another episode of the Jason Jones Show. Give us five stars. Write us a review. Subscribe and go to thegreatcampaign.org to get a free copy of John's book and my book, The Race to Save Our Century. Till tomorrow, aloha. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media.